genuinely believe that when people feel supported and listened to, and that they feel like others are understanding where they're coming from, that they can work towards stepping up to the plate in terms of performance. And it's so difficult for me to speak about this, you know, generally, because I know there's always these like case by case bases, and it sort of depends. But I really genuinely believe that those conversations are so important to helping people get back to a point of better performance at work, right? It's dealing with people as a human first, and then as an employee. Welcome to the Unlocking Your People podcast. We believe that successful businesses run on people and relationships. The better your people perform, the better your business will perform. This show is dedicated to business owners and team builders that are looking to get the best out of their people and workforce. Each episode will be a strategy, a message, and even tips and tricks to help you create and cultivate a passionate workforce for your organization. Your host has spent her career helping companies and leaders handle the tough people stuff at work and helping people work better together so they can increase their impact and their results. CEO of E3 Consulting, Jess Chapman. Hello, everyone. Welcome to a new episode of Unlocking Your People. We couldn't very much talk about people in today's world without having the conversation about mental health. And so I'm thrilled today to be joined by Alison Butler, who is going to join me for that conversation. And Alison's goal is really to talk about mental health and well-being in a way that everyone can understand. She has a master's in employee relations and is a certified mental health first aider. And she's really focused on breaking down those barriers of what mental health looks like and helping people learn how to support each other, which in today's world is fairly fundamental to knowing how to unlock your people. So let's get started with that conversation. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Unlocking Your People. I am thrilled today to be joined by Alison Butler, who is a mental health advocate, is the best word I could use. I'm sure she'll fill in the blanks there. Alison has a master's in employee relations and is a certified mental health uh, first aid trainer. And one of the things I love about Alison, which I'm sure you'll get the taste of today, um, is her kind of no-nonsense and very practical approach to talking about mental health at work. So I'm thrilled that she's able to join us today and share some of her thoughts with us. I don't think you can have a conversation in today's world about the world of work and people without having the mental health conversation. So thank you very much for coming along, Alison. Thanks so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Absolutely thrilled to have you um, and and really love the kind of approach that you take to talking about mental health and the kind of you use the term with me once no nonsense which I think is really helpful in today's world where people can be a little anxious about this whole topic so I'm kind of excited to see what you bring to the table. Before we get into all of that perhaps you could tell people who haven't don't know what exactly a mental health first age trainer is. Sure. So um, Mental Health First Aid is a program through the Mental Health Commission of Canada, and I am an independent contractor for that training program. And the easiest way to explain it, it is a certificate program. It teaches us how to have those important conversations around mental health. 
Like, how do I talk to somebody? How do I initiate a conversation around mental health or well-being? How do I know maybe if someone isn't the best version of themselves right now? That's my own kind of Allison term for it. Yeah. And how do I support someone in a crisis? So it's really important training program available all across Canada, um, virtually, which is very popular right now, and also in person. That's really helpful. One of the things I really love about that. So, you know, a lot of the work that we do or we talk about is in having those conversations piece. And as you and I have talked about in the past, I feel like often we're doing quite a good job of raising awareness around mental health. So helping people recognize that mental health is something we should be paying attention to, trying to remove some of the stigma around it, all that kind of thing, but not necessarily helping people have the skills to know how to tackle mental health. So everybody's now kind of coming and going, I know I'm supposed to be aware of this, but what do I do? Right. So I don't know if you have any thoughts or suggestions on how organizations can help better equip people around mental health? Yeah, absolutely. I have so many thoughts on this. I think it's so great that we're all becoming more aware of mental health. And particularly right now during this time, you know, we've just spent a very stressful year of everybody trying to figure out, most of us working from home, juggling all kinds of things that that haven't happened to us before. And one of the the big approaches that I like to take is to remind everyone that we all have mental health. Every single one of us has a brain and we're all impacted by the stressors of life. And so I don't like people to just think about mental health as mental illness, even though that is a a piece of it. Um, But we're all impacted by this and we all need supports for our mental health and well-being uh, at, at certain points in our lives. And I really want people to think about mental health as a wellness topic, right? It's not just something that we deal with with a few people. It's humans knowing how to support other humans. Right, yeah. And so just a couple of things around organizations. How do we how do we think about maybe mental health differently as uh, or broader than just um an HR issue or as an accommodations issue? Like um or just as uh, something beyond that sort of let's keep our employees healthy by making sure they have good health insurance and maybe a gym access, et cetera. So it's, I think it's really important, firstly, to create the environment where people feel okay with expressing how they feel. We could probably do a whole episode just on that. Yeah. But, right, it's, it's encouraging people to talk and have conversations and the back piece of that is that we're making sure that we're available to listen to people mm. and that if we're promising to do something to follow up or to make a change or to support something in some way, that we're following through on that, that we're creating an environment of trust for people over expressing how they feel. And I've seen that fail a lot in workplaces 
And I also think it's really important to lead by example to create that healthy work environment, right? So many people are really reluctant to support their own well-being. They feel too busy or too overworked or like they don't have the time. And it's really important to show, for leaders to show, that wellness is a priority in the work environment and to communicate that, right? Yeah. To communicate how we incorporate this well mental well-being into our um, days. And it's like taking it back to the basics almost, right? And and allowing people to be able to talk to one another openly. Yeah. Yeah. And I love I love the distinction you make between mental health and mental illness because I do I see that a lot, right? So, you know, we've gotten to a better place, I think, in the world of work where we understand the need to support overall well-being, but somehow we haven't quite got there yet on the mental health front. And the idea that there are just as many supports and preventative measures that you can help people take for their mental health as they are for their, their physical well-being, you know, that we still quite don't seem to have quite got to that point yet. Well, I think for me, one of the big things, because I have experienced some of my own mental health challenges, and one of the things that I'm really big and passionate about speaking about is that it's all well and good to have things in place, right? It's it's all good to talk about, you know, it's really important important to support our well-being by getting exercise and eating well and meditating and, and all those things. So like, I think most of us are at the point, certainly professionals working in the workplace, most of us are at the point where we acknowledge, okay, I know what to do to support my well-being. I think what a lot of people need to realize is that it's one thing to know what to do, and then it's a completely other thing to find the time or the space mm. to be able to actually do it. Yeah. And I think that's one piece that maybe is lacking in a lot of workplaces, right? The information is being put out there. Like this is what we do to support ourselves, but how do we actually help people implement those things into their lives in a way that can really work and actually support their mental well-being? Well, I think that, you know, that's true on so many levels with things that we do, right? It takes time and energy and effort to build a habit. And you made the comment earlier, which I thought was great, around the value of role modeling. Like if if I as a leader never acknowledge I have challenges and I don't make time to do those things and I don't make space for other people to do those things, then whether I meant to or not, I implicitly give the impression that it's not something that's okay. So yeah. that, you know, that piece around being able to acknowledge, and you said something earlier, you said, you know, it, it's important to listen. And I think that's such a great place to start with people, creating space for the conversation and being in a place where you can listen. You don't have to be a mental health expert to have empathy. You don't have to be a mental health expert to go listen to how somebody else is doing and be empathetic and be kind and encourage them to find supports and ask them what they're planning to do and, and be be the supporter. Yes, and it has to be genuine. Mm. It has to be genuine because I've seen this happen a lot where um, someone's listening, but then but then the, on the follow through, it doesn't feel genuine. Yeah. And so I think that's so important to keep in mind. Like if you're going to make space to listen, 
Um, you, you really need to listen and, and everything that that entails. And we cover that actually uh, a fair bit in mental health first aid, which I love. It kind of breaks everything down right to the, the basics of being, being human. <laughs> <laughs> so it's what, what, um, you know, we have done, I think, a pretty good job in most organisations of that focus on physical health. I mean, we have health and safety departments, we have legislation around it, we have um, often committees and activities and posters and awareness campaigns and all that good stuff. Um, what do you, you know, if I was a, a, a person in an organisation saying, you know, I, I want to be that role model that Alice is talking about, I want to be there and make sure I'm creating that space, what would you suggest people try and do? Mm. Okay. I I love talking about this. Um, I think one thing that's really important to keep in mind, well, I guess to back up, the first thing I would suggest is look into what options there are for you for training to learn more about supporting mental health. I think that's really important. But beyond that, I, I think one of the really important things to remember is that we cannot lump everybody into one box. So just like many other things that relate to employees and employee engagement, we it's really important to remember that we each have a brain that is unique to us, and therefore no two mental health challenges look or feel exactly the same. And I think it's important to to know that there's things that we can watch for or be more aware of, and they may not all be obvious. So some things to to look for to be supportive are changes in employees. And this is easier for pe- with people that we have some level of a relationship with. Yeah. But um changes in ki- around sort of um maybe a, a lack of interest in work, someone who seems very angry or frustrated, um a change in someone's level of care caring about their work, I think is really important to note for. These are all kinds of signs. Um, Also, this might not be as obvious, but over-preparedness, people who are working a lot or seem to be working excessively, even if maybe you don't expect them to or don't feel that they need to, that can be kind of a a sign that there could be some other things going on. Or, you know, people who are using words like worry, stress, I feel flustered. Like people don't come to work and say, usually, (laughs) they don't come in and say, I feel very depressed or I feel very anxious. They use other words. Um, And so I think some of those kinds of things are really important to be aware of for how we can start to notice that someone, again, might not be the best version of themselves right now and, and could maybe use a conversation or someone to listen. Yeah. Are you enjoying the show this far? We know the people stuff in your business can be tricky to nail down. Each scenario feels unique on its own. We go through so many resources and tools with the podcast, it's tough to keep up. We get it. So what if you had all the right tools and training to help your organization be successful every single day with your people and the culture you're building? Jess and her team have created a range of training programs that can help you with all the different challenges of unlocking your people. For the challenges of leadership, there are two core programs. 
Elevate for supervisors and Propel for more senior leaders. Both programs dig deeper into the concepts, frameworks, and skills that you've heard throughout this podcast series. From building trust and empathy, to having those tougher people conversations, to managing conflict, and so much more. To see which program makes more sense for you, please go to www.e3.ca training for the full breakdown. The best part? All the programs are fully virtual and modular, meaning you can do them anywhere, anytime, and fit them into your busy schedule. And if you're facing particular challenges in building your team, managing change, or managing performance, we have online toolkits that can solve your unique challenges today. Once again, www.e3.ca training. Now, back to the show. That so resonates with me because in my world, we talk about people as patterns. And so what do you do when somebody's off pattern, right? So when you work with somebody, you get a sense of who they are and what they're about. And when they're not showing up the way they normally would, what do you do with this, right? So that noticing piece, the noticing and asking piece, I think is so important just in terms of having strong relationships with people. Um, But I do know that often if people suspect there's a mental health issue or challenge with somebody, they can be quite concerned about getting it right with that person, right? So it's the same with all kinds of other challenging conversations. But certainly with this one, um, I was in a conversation with a client who has somebody in their team and they're like, I'm pretty sure there's something going on there. But like, what what do I do? How do I have the conversation with them? So I have my own thoughts, as I always do. But what would you suggest to somebody who thinks that, you know, has noticed that that change in that person, they're not showing up perhaps as their best self, how could they broach the conversation with that person? I think sometimes, you know, this always feels like a difficult conversation. And depending on people's personalities, it can be, you know, I recognize how difficult that can be to bring up. But I think it's really important to ask the person, you know, ask them how they're doing. And and keep in mind that it's not always a work-related issue. Very often it's, a, you know, can be connected to someone's personal life. Um, it's, it's okay to approach, right? We teach this in mental health first aid as well. It's okay to ask someone how they're doing, right? Hmm. And I also think it's, it's important to be able to have a genuine conversation with people, um, and it doesn't have to be, you know, a, a, a work performance conversation. It can be, you know, it doesn't have to be like, I'm noticing that you're, um, you know, doing a really terrible job on your work right now, right? <laughs> yeah. It's coming to that person with a care for them as another human being. I always say this is just humans interacting with other humans and then to listen, right? And uh, I'll just expand on the listening a little bit that it's listening without jumping in to solve, right? A lot of us who who get into these conversations, we're very often helpers mm-hmm. and we want to fix. <laughs> um, and a really important aspect of mental health first aid is listening to listen, listening to understand through the lens of the other person, even if it doesn't make sense to us. And I think it's also really important to be aware that sometimes we notice things about other people that they may not actually be that aware of, right? Yeah. 
They might not really recognize that they could be experiencing a mental health challenge. They might know that they're not feeling great. Um, they might know that there's a lot of stress. Um, but I think sometimes it's really important to sort of allow someone to just express how they're feeling and to allow someone to be part of their own solution too, to like what could help, right? What could help right now? But yeah, and, and I think the other important piece there that I always like to share with people that is it's sometimes maybe not what someone likes to hear. But in a workplace environment, uh, particularly if you're in a management or a leadership role, depending on the environment of your workplace, I think it's really, really important to recognize that someone may not want to open up to you. Right. Um, no matter how much of a helper you are, no matter how much you feel like you care um, about that person uh, you know, sometimes, you know, there's power structures there. Sometimes people might not feel comfortable. But if the workplace environment has enough supports in place or enough peer support that you could feel confident that there's someone else in the environment who um, can act as a good support to that individual, I think is really important as well that you've created that culture where there's there's others who can have the conversation as well. Yeah, there's got to be more than just a, a one-person touch point. Since you are the person that's going to judge that person's performance and everything else, it's not always, we, we say that in the performance world, you're not always the first person that somebody's going to open up to um, when you're kind of responsible for overseeing them. And, you know, I think too, you know, from leaders, I see, I meet lots of really caring leaders and people who genuinely want to help, but I, I just think it's important to recognize that sometimes, you know, other pers other people's personalities, um, you might just not be the person for them. And we had to be okay with that as leaders, too. Yeah. Well, and that and the, the tell bit, right? So, you know, we, we often talk about our brains are not wired to be told. We like to solve our own problems. We like to do things for ourselves. So the you know, what I'm hearing from you, which echoes the, the world we play in is it's the, the listening, the support, the asking questions that becomes helpful to help that person build their own awareness and figure out a way forwards from where they are. But if it's not you that they want to talk to, that's okay too, as long as they are getting that support from somewhere. Yeah, absolutely. What thoughts do you have though for so situation where, you know, perhaps I suspect the person's not showing up the what you know as their best selves as you put it which I think is very eloquent um you know I, I'm noticing some things I've broached the conversation with them they don't seem willing to talk to me but they're really not showing up at work in the way that I need them to and their performance is not where it, it needs to be for them to be successful in the organization w what do you suggest I do then because as you rightly put earlier it doesn't always have to be a performance conversation but if you've attempted the support conversations and it's not changing how do you tackle that. Mm, really great question. And I think it's probably going to depend on the workplace. But the first thing I'll say, you know, is that it's really important, particularly maybe for smaller organizations to have some kind of clear policies and pre procedures in place for how you're going to go about, you know, handling um, maybe certain types of performance things so that everybody is kind of on the same page. Um, I think it's really important as well. So we're having the conversation, we're having, um, we're listening, 
We're allowing individuals to understand that they're being supported, particularly if um, it's workplace stress or if it's personal stress. You know, so many of us have personal things happening that we're bringing to work at any given point in time and that um, there's there's supports in place to really encourage people to get the supports that they need, whether that be counseling supports, whether that be, um, um, you know, a couple of days to um, process or work through some things a team environment where, you know, people can act as peer-to-peer supports. I genuinely believe that when people feel supported and listened to, um, and that they feel like others are understanding where they're coming from, that, that they can work towards stepping up to the plate in terms of performance. And it's so difficult for me to speak about this, you know, generally, because I know there's always these like case by case bases and it sort of depends. But I really genuinely believe that those conversations are so important to helping people get back to a point um, of better performance at work, right? It's dealing with people as a human first and then as an employee. I like that premise too, but people first, yeah. And I think that I love the comment you made about policies and procedures, not because I think that they're the answer, because I know a lot of times people get hung up on policies when I think you can operate in a quite adequately without them. But the bit that that does for me is clarity of expectation. And I think quite often, you know, you said people earlier that people may not know that they're not showing up exactly the right way. And I think that the ability to set clear expectations for people for them to know how their performance is measured and then to be able to give them feedback to say, I'm seeing you, you know, I'm noticing that you are doing this or I've seen, you know, you don't seem quite yourself or you're not showing up with the same level of energy so that they can understand what you're actually observing from them. So it's not just a criticism about their performance, but it's a here's here's the change I'm observing and here's the implications of that change for the work that you do for us. So I'm here for a conversation and I've talked to you about that a few times, but you know, this, this change is not actually one that's helpful and we need to do something about it. I think that clarity of expectation, clarity of feedback becomes really important in those situations. Yeah, I would think I would also, just so we can be super clear here, I would really strongly encourage that the initial, um, the, some of these initial conversations around well-being not happen at a time of employee performance reviews, right? Like that, at at least at the beginning, those two things should not be connected because I think there can be a lot of fear around performance, et cetera. So I like to think about it as if we have a clear policy around, this is how we support our people, right? We encourage you, we're going to work with you to get the support you might need if you're not feeling like your best self, Hmm. Um, but then at a certain point in time, if, if performance isn't improving, then this is something that we'll look at together, but that maybe that not be intertwined right at the very beginning. Um, but yeah, I, I, you know, I've heard people use examples of, um, um, one example is, you know, well, what happens when someone's really reluctant to get the supports that they need? but then it's still really impacting them at work. So I think we have those human to human interactions. 
We help support people in a wellness capacity. Um, we talk. We can talk about how it affects performance um, to help people maybe see and clarify how, how other people might be viewing that. But I think, and, and then it becomes a performance thing maybe down down the line, if that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. you're building, you know, your, your comment was around the awareness side of things, right? And I think back to the, the other comment you made about culture. So if you have an organization that has a culture of support, then, and I think those conversations are naturally viewed in a different light. If your culture is kind of, high performance you know we expect you to show up and deliver and there are plenty of organizations out there like that but that may be a culture in which somebody is less likely to speak up and share their concerns that they're having because that's the culture of the organization so if we can create you know an emphasis it's in the culture on support and empathetic leadership and listening to understand which are all elements that become very important in today's world then there's more chance that that person will see that conversation as supportive and not a performance one from the beginning I think. Yes, absolutely. And just to kind of go back to that point about people not being aware, if, if I may, I'll just share a, a small snippet from my own personal story, because I'm a very high performer. <laughs> I take my work very seriously. And maybe five or six years ago, things started happening to me that um, I didn't really understand. And so some of my symptoms were issues with focus, which was extremely frustrating for me. Um, not being able to concentrate feeling really overwhelmed by things that didn't seem like they should be overwhelming me. And at the time, I did not understand what that was. Other people may have noticed this in me. Um, I don't know. But because I'm such a proactive person, um, I really took a lot of initiative to try to figure out what was going on with me. But I think a lot of people wouldn't or mm. say um, a lot of people um, – self-stigmatize. Yeah. We talk about this in mental health first aid as well, right? Oh, I'll just get over it. Everybody else seems to be handling this fine. So I should be able to, I'm just going to push through, push, 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 push. I see a lot of people with their mental health um, and the body will always respond at some point. And mm -hmm. so I share that anecdote of my own story because I did not recognize what was happening to me. And I could have let that go for a long time um, without any kind of diagnosis, without working on my own wellness. And things absolutely would have gone downhill with my performance, um, but, but I didn't want it to. And so I just want to share that, that we can notice people are often not aware of what's going on with them. Stress and everything that goes along with it is a very normal part of our world. We're seeing a lot of you know people that are more anxious than ever before. Mm. So many demands being put on our lives, and um, yeah, I think being able to notice and have those conversations with people is so important. You know, I was sort of alone on my figuring that out, um, and like I said, I was very very proactive. Um, but you know, not everyone is me, and no. not everyone is kind of maybe wanting to do that or or feeling like they can just cover it up and push through. And so the more open and supportive our work environment, the more maybe we can prevent a lot of these things, right? It prevents absenteeism. It prevents presenteeism when you have people mm -hmm. who um, are having focus issues or not understanding what's happening to them with their stress. So I think all of it intertwines so, so well.
some absolutely fabulous ideas, thoughts and insights there from us, Alison. And I really appreciate you also sharing your own story. I think it's very important for people to recognise that, like you say, there's no one size fits all in anything to do with people. Um, there's lots of patterns and threads there, but what it looks like for one person is different from what it looks like for another. And being aware of people and that human to human interaction that you're talking about is so very important. So thank you for coming along today and for sharing your thoughts with us. Hopefully people are taking that away. Where, um, If they'd like to know more about mental, aid, uh, mental health first aid training, where could they go for that information? Well, you can find me um, at alisonbutler.ca, and there's one L in Allison. And I'm also uh, on LinkedIn and Instagram and Facebook, so you can find me on all of the places. And I love meeting and interacting with people and having conversations around mental well-being. Wonderful. Well, hopefully people will connect with you. And I certainly know I've had some great conversations with you and thoroughly enjoyed our discussions. And I have no doubt we'll keep them going. So thank you very much for joining us today. And thank you, everybody, for listening in. Um, And hopefully we'll see everybody again on the next episode. Thanks, Alison. Thank you. you enjoyed that episode today on the unlocking your people podcast make sure to hit subscribe on whichever platform you're listening to this on if this episode made you think of someone go ahead take a screenshot and share this episode with them this show exists to showcase what is possible when leaders have the right strategies and frameworks to tackle the tough people stuff within their business and organizations to learn more about how jess and her team can potentially help your organization unlock the potential in its people Take a look at the options at www.e3.ca. The better your people perform, the better your business will perform. Once again, it's www.e3.ca. All right, that's a wrap. We can't wait to hang out with you on the next episode.